Vineyard Westside welcomes everyone. It doesn't matter where you've been or what you've done. Come as you are, because we believe that love wins, period. I'm going to pass those things along. And hey, what I want to do before I jump into uh, my message today is I want to invite up to the stage Anne Florence. Anne, are you in here somewhere? There she is. Everybody give Anne a round of applause. Anne is... Um, so you can come, yeah, right over, right over here. Anne has been challenged by God recently, and she's being stretched and pulled out of her comfort zone and all that jazz, huh? Let's see, we have a microphone here for you, and I thought it would be good to share a poem that Anne has written that uh, I, I think would be good for all of us to hear, and I think it's... Um, Something that God's been putting on our heart. Putting this on my heart for a long, long time. Scoot forward a little more. It won't bite. It won't bite you. I don't think so. There we go. Can you hear me? It's been putting this heart on my heart for a long, long time. And each and every one of you are a huge part of that, by the way. Thanks, Ryan. Thank you. USA Christmas in the year of our Lord, 2020. Twas the month before Christmas when all through this land rang contention and chaos or who'd take command. Ballots were counted in each state with much care, seeking leaders willing his burden to share. The citizens voted, their choices made known their faith in the ballot like a beacon shone. American voices crying out to be heard, looking up, tuning in, listening for his word. Each candidate vying for votes that would matter, caught up in platforms that were nothing but chatter. Rather than voicing what they knew to be right, using their tongues as swords to put out his light, Eyes round the world focused on this young nation, founded on one quite profound proclamation. We will honor the rights, the God-given rights of all men. Will our people, will our nation return to that notion again? Will our people, united, be able to stand, return allegiance to the real chief in command, or allow such chaos to rule over all? that this country, divided, will give in and fall. Fight harder, climb higher, earn credit. What then? Ignore the reasons this nation has given? To be independent, preserve freedom for all. Along with freedom to stand comes freedom to fall. These chants we are hearing, they're drowning out reason. He's calling us to silence them in this season. Our citizens fought for the red, white, and blue. We've owned our mistakes. We've repeated a few. But have we forgotten? Do we need more proof? Our commander-in-chief does not stand aloof. Is he shaking his head as we turn all around? Or seek me, is he saying, let my peace abound. In this month of December, the month of his birth, Will we recall our Savior who gives us our worth? 
Will we remember that babe born in a shack to bring peace to all nations under attack? His peace conceived in a virgin named Mary who felt quite honored his child to carry. Our father's peace wrapped up in this wee tiny babe who because of no rooms in a manger was laid. This Christ child, fully human, completely divine, in him we, though mere branches, connect to divine. One birth, one purpose by our Father made clear to bring grace and forgiveness so none need fear the wrath of our God against whom we've all sinned. In him it's appeased. A new era begins. A new covenant formed between God and his Son. The guilt of all men was to be borne by this one. All men now invited to partake of his peace and acknowledge it's simply our hearts that he seeks to form a circle of love that cannot be broken, thus fulfill promises long ago spoken. He asks only this, put our faith back in him. Let him fight battles only his love can win. For this most joyous reason, let's cry out to him. Let our voices ring loudly above all the din. Oh, Jesus, my Savior, my, here's my heart opened wide. I hear you knocking now, Lord, so come on inside. Then we'll stand united, devoted to him, a great nation claiming his greatness again. As we let our faith ring from every mountain, we'll tell all the world we're not great without him, and we'll sing to him proudly on this Christmas night. All hail thee, King Jesus. May your peace reign tonight. Thank you very much. Now I'll give a round of applause to each of you because you guys are awesome, and every single one of you is part of this. Thank you. Thank you, sir. All righty. I love that. I love it. Um, just thinking about, you know, is God challenging you to step out and do anything that scares you? Because uh, I know... That was scaring the crap out of Anne. <laughs> but he won't leave her alone about it. And she said yes. I love that kind of thing. Well, hey, today what I want to talk about is a, a question that I think is coming up more often all the time now. That question being, do I need to forgive everyone? Do I need to forgive everyone? This is a question that I had when I accepted Christ. And then, you know, I don't know if any of you did this as well. I accepted Christ and then I kind of backpedaled a little bit. Like, wait a sec, I don't know if I 
I didn't read all the fine print. Like, what, what am I supposed to do? I have to do what now? Do I need to forgive everyone? This is a, a big question because uh, there are certain things that are just, you know, they seem unforgivable. I've talked with Jewish people before who have said this is a common hindrance from even considering Christianity for the Jewish people because they know that there would be an expectation eventually the call on their life would be to forgive Hitler for his atrocities and that that is just such a far out and impossible concept that it, it's not even worth considering. Are we supposed to forgive everyone? Are you even supposed to forgive everybody on Facebook? The prayer that's been happening a lot lately is, Father, forgive them. They know not what they post. <laughs> fool me once. You know, maybe you're, you're that kind of person. You know, fool me once, I'll forgive you. Fool me twice. I'm going to be praying that you get hemorrhoids. <laughs> or sorry, you've sinned too much for me to forgive you. Or you've annoyed me too much. I can forgive everyone else, but you really have, you get on my nerves more than anybody. I'm thankful, 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 thankful to my good God that he freely forgives us of all of our sins because I am, I'm just in major, major need of it. <laughs> Today we're going to talk about uh, the story in Matthew chapter 6 that is a part of the Sermon on the Mount where Jesus is teaching us how to pray. It says this in Matthew chapter 6, starting in verse 9. It says, This then is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. And in verse 12, it goes on to say, and forgive us our debts, even though we're still holding grudges. No, wait. Forgive us our debts, as we've also forgiven our debtors, it says. And then it says, for if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. A lot of us wanted to say, Father, thank you for forgiving us, even though we don't have to forgive every other person. Thanks for forgiving me, though. Jesus says, though, if you forgive other people when they sin against you, then your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others of their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. If you don't forgive others, your Father will not forgive you. I have preached, teached, taught, spoke on this subject a bunch of different times, and I know multiple of those times while I was speaking about forgiving people, I was holding a grudge against someone at some point, 
Somebody was on my list. I was holding somebody hostage still. And it would hit me, and I'd think about it even during the message, and later it would hit me that, oh, you're talking about this, but you're, you're st- somebody's still on the hook for you. You still have somebody, you know, somebody wronged you, and you don't want to let them off yet. Any of you ever have those kind of God moments where it, it just hits you? You're kind of, this is the conviction of the Holy Spirit where it hits you that I am living in unforgiveness right now. Like I'm doing this church thing and I'm going on Sundays and I'm nodding my head with everything that they say, but I have somebody that I'm just, nope. Anytime that I talk about forgiving other people, it ends up creating a lot of emotion. And that is rightly so because... You know, I, I, I just hear it all the time. You don't know what they did to me. You don't know how bad they wronged me. Like, if you knew what they did to me, then it wouldn't be so easy for you to just say, you got to forgive everybody. You don't know about how my spouse cheated on me and broke my heart or how my best friend lied, or how someone that I loved or admired let me down majorly, or how, um, you know, I wasn't paid what I was owed. Somebody ripped me off. Somebody broke a promise. Somebody used me for their benefit. Maybe you devoted a significant portion of your life uh, trying to win somebody's approval. Maybe win your parents' approval. You spent a big portion of your life just trying to do everything right so that you could finally get their nod of approval, that they would finally say, you are good. You're a good son. You're a good daughter. I'm proud of you. And you tried and tried and tried for it, and yet they ended up being emotionally absent Uh, They ended up withholding love, withholding compliments, withholding... They they never said they were proud of you. And it just stings. Or maybe you're one of the people who had someone in your life who was supposed to protect you, and they ended up hurting you. They could have hurt you emotionally, or physically, or spiritually, or sexually... And you have scars from it. I don't want to pass over that stuff. I don't want to act like that pain isn't something that you experience. Because I I know a lot of your stories. And I know some of them are horrible. And some of them are unfair. and And they're wrong. And they're reprehensible. And as brutal as it is to endure like personal betrayal or abuse, sometimes it's even harder for some of us to see somebody that we love hurt in a a horrible way. Maybe it didn't happen to us, but someone we love was just horribly hurt. And that becomes somebody that we can't forgive. When I was 15 years old, um, a 
guy came into our life named Kevin. I say his name because he's not around anymore. Kevin showed up out of who knows where, and it just seemed like as, as soon as this guy started coming around and hanging around, everything in my life fell apart. Kevin introduced my mom to crack cocaine when I was 15. He introduced my sister Amy to crack when she was 13. He abused them in every possible way. And just everywhere this man went, he left behind wreckage. And I can say, honestly, without any question, I hated that man more than any human I've ever hated in my life. That he was the absolute person who I would focus my anger on when I would think about everything that, that fell apart. After I became a believer, he would pop into my head anytime this question came up, are you supposed to forgive everybody? Because this is the one that I just, I didn't know how I, how I could forgive this guy. And so how in the world do you forgive something that is unforgivable? How do you forgive something that's unforgivable? There's a clue in the prayer that Jesus teaches us to pray. In verse 9, here's what Jesus says. He says, this then is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven. Our Father in heaven. Our Father. He's not just my Father. He's not just your Father. He's our Father. All of our Father. He's the Father of my enemies. He's the Father of the people I love. He's our Father. Our relationships with God's other children matter greatly to him. They matter greatly to him. And so as a dad, this makes sense to me because um, if my kids are ever fighting and they're just being mean to each other back and forth and arguing and bickering and complaining, it just makes me sad when they're going after each other because I just think like they're supposed to be they're supposed to be fighting for each other, not fighting each other. They're supposed to be rooting for each other. They're supposed to be defending each other. Or when they're fighting with my, my wife over something, it's just that's the thing that makes me more sad than anything. And nothing makes me happier than when my kids are getting along together and enjoying one another and rooting for each other and they have each other's back. But if my kids are going after each other and they're arguing, bickering, complaining, mad at each other, don't like each other, and it, the words have flown through the house before, I hate you! And we, we, 
we make a big deal out of those words. Those words aren't allowed to just fly freely. It, that's a stop and let's reassess and what did you say and why did you say it and why were you wrong about saying it, yada, yada, yada. But if my kids are going after each other in some kind of way, and this has happened before where they will, you know, they hate each other for a second, but they come over and they try to be nice to dad. They try to be nice to dad. Hey dad, how's your day? My day is not going well because my kids are fighting with each other. You're not allowed to come and be nice to me. I will not accept your niceness right now because you're not okay with your brothers and sisters. I'm not accepting your niceness right now because you're being mean to your mom. I refuse your niceness. In Matthew chapter 5, it says, Therefore, if you are offering your gift at the altar and you remember that your brother or sister has something against you, leave your gift there in front of the altar. First, go and be reconciled to them. Then come and offer your gift. Because your heavenly dad don't want your gift if you have crap going on with the people that you're supposed to love. You're not allowed to be filled with unforgiveness, hatred, and try to bring gifts to the Father. He says, no, I don't want you to be nice to me. I need you to be nice to your sister. I need you to be nice to your brother. You're not allowed to skip past them and come and be nice to me. Don't bring me an offering when you're fighting with your siblings. You need to go and make it right. Then you can come and worship. If you try to bring a gift to God when you're filled with unforgiveness for your brother or your sister, it's going to bring bitterness from God towards you. Because it hurts him. And you're going to develop distance between you and him and your relationship. You're going to be held in this prison of offense, you know, where anything that you try to bring to God, your prayer, your heart, your offering, your life, it's not going to be an acceptable gift because you have stuff going on with your brother or your sister. If we live in bitterness or resentment or hatred and we continue to let that wound stay infected and poison our soul, any of you recognize that you're bitter? Anybody here recognize somebody you're sitting next to is bitter? Here's one of the things we do at my house. This is just a little thing you could start doing. If you recognize that somebody is like harboring unforgiveness or they're bitter about something and you just know that it's because they haven't, you know, they haven't dealt with the thing. You go up to them and you wipe your finger on their shirt, you taste it, you go, mm, bitter. That's what you have to start doing. And so I know, I know, I know, I know 
that some of you are in a place right now where you have someone who has wronged you hard. And you might be saying, I'm not there yet. I'm still mad. I'm still mad. I'm not there. I want to forgive them, but I'm still mad. So what am I supposed to do? Matthew 5 says, You've heard it was said, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. Pray for those who persecute you. You're like, yeah, but I don't feel like praying for them. This is one of those things where you're going to have to trust me. And you're going to have to take action before your attitude is there. Take action before your attitude is there. This is one of those fake it till you make it moments. Where you make a decision to take action and pray for that person even though your attitude is not ready to forgive them, is not ready to pray for them. You go ahead and do it anyways. You take action. You pray for them. I can't tell you how many times where if I'd waited until I felt like actually praying for that person, man, I'd, I'd, still, be wait, I'd still be waiting. I would never get there. But your prayer may or may not change other people, but it always ends up changing you. Your prayer may or may not affect them in any way whatsoever, but it will affect you. It'll change your heart. It'll change the, the, just, if you've never done it before, if you've never prayed for someone who you believe is an enemy, someone who's hurt you in some way, pray for them and see what it starts to do. It might not change them, but it's always going to change you. It's a, it's a, a God-honoring place to start. And then you choose to forgive. You say, I'm not ready to forget. Yes, you are. You're ready right now today because it's just a choice. It's not a thing that you wait to get to. It's a choice to forgive someone. The word forgive in the original Hebrew, I can't even pronounce it, but it is a word that means to hurl away. To forgive someone is to hurl away their offense. To throw it as far as you can away from you. And so I'm choosing to get rid of this thing. I'm making a conscious choice to get rid of this thing. Not to wait until I'm ready or that I feel like I'm healed over it. No, if you, if you are trying to wait until you feel healed, you're, you're, right now you're in the, that spot where you're ingesting rat poison hoping that the rat will die. Like you're the one eating it though. Colossians chapter 3 says, Bear with each other and forgive one another. If any of you has a grievance against someone. Come on, it's Christmas time. It's the airing of grievances. It's time for it. Seinfeld fans, anybody? The airing of grievances. You just air them to the Lord. <laughs> and you decide to throw them away. 
Forgive one another. If any of you has a grievance against someone, forgive as the Lord forgave you. God freely forgave you. He freely forgave me of my sins. He took everything I ever did wrong, and he made a choice to not hold on to that stuff, to throw it away. It says in his word, as far as the east is from the west, that's how far our transgressions are from us. There's a quote from Andy Stanley that always comes to my mind with this stuff. It is, in the shadow of my hurt, forgiveness feels like a decision to reward my enemy. But in the shadow of the cross, forgiveness is merely a gift from the one undeserving soul to another. You might be in that place of feeling like, I don't want to reward my enemy with my forgiveness. But it's actually just getting into that place of recognizing that, man, I don't deserve, I don't deserve forgiveness, and yet I was forgiven. I didn't earn forgiveness, and yet I was forgiven. And so in that truth, I'm able to forgive the way that the Lord forgave me. I didn't deserve it. They don't deserve it. I didn't earn it. They didn't earn it. I've had so many people in my life, um, and I'm not trying to cry about a lot of stuff, but I've been wronged. I've been wronged hard in my life to the point where I've had multiple people come to me begging for forgiveness over the years. Is there any way that you can please forgive me? And I love, I love now that it is instant and immediate and without hesitation able to say, of course, I forgive you. I forgive you completely. You are 100% of the way let off the hook. You were already forgiven. Like, I, before I gave this message today, I was going through the, the, the memory bank. Like, okay, am I holding a grudge against anybody? Do I have anybody that I need to let off the hook? And I don't. I've been forgiven freely, and so freely I can forgive. And how many of your homes would be healed if fathers and sons would be able to put their arms around each other and say, I forgive you. Will you forgive me? How many marriages could be saved? How many friendships could be healed if... You said, will you forgive me? Yes, I forgive you. No, I don't need to think about it. No, I don't need, to, I don't need time to work on it. I forgive you because I've been forgiven and I didn't deserve it. How many of you could be free if you forgave somebody that you've been holding hostage you know, you've been trying to hold them in a prison. You find yourself in the prison. And the only way you get out of that prison, the key, is forgiveness. And so I know people who have 
said that God doesn't understand or how could God expect us, all of us to forgive anyone for anything? God isn't mean when he tells you to forgive. He's giving you the keys to freedom. Holding a grudge doesn't make you strong, it makes you bitter. Forgiving doesn't make you weak, it makes you free. Matthew chapter 6, for if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. Forgiveness empowers you to set the prisoner free. And when you do it, most of the time you realize the prisoner was you. Let's pray. God, I pray for my brothers and sisters in Christ uh, who, more than anything, I want freedom for. God, I know way too many people who have not been able to experience you in your fullness because they've been holding themselves back, because they've been holding a grudge, because... They don't want to let someone off the hook for that horrible thing that they did. God, I just pray that you would click it in their brain. You would let them see that they're not holding their enemy captive, that they are the prisoner. That they've been ingesting the rat poison. I pray that you would put it at the forefront of their mind, you would put it just in the center of their heart that action needs to be taken, that it should be taken before this year is up, that if they want to experience a new existence, if they want to experience freedom, if they want to experience everything that you have for them, that they would forgive others the way that you've forgiven us even if they don't deserve it because we recognize that we didn't deserve it either. Even if they never said sorry. Even if they had no remorse. Even if they've already passed away. That we would make that conscious decision to hurl it away from us and forgive them because that's what you did with us. I pray this in your name, Jesus, that you would bless us and give us favor and give us freedom. Amen, amen, amen. God bless you guys. I love you. I hope I see you soon. If you would like to be prayed for, for anything from our prayer team, we'll have some prayer team people over here by the cross who would love to pray with you. and. Uh, I hope, I hope you have a good week. For more information about Vineyard Westside, please visit vineyardwestside.com.